Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. I have a recurring guest, uh, David Johnston, head of uh, Factum. Dave, how you doing? I'm doing great, Rich. How are you? Doing good. You know, we've, for listeners, we've had David on a couple times. Uh, very well spoken about the crypto world. Knows a lot of stuff, and uh, I always enjoy speaking to him. So, thanks for coming. Yeah, happy to be here. You know, I've served as a chairman for Factum for a long time. I'm really passionate about the technology. So, happy to uh, dive in. Yeah. So. Um, you guys are going to be coming to speak at the uh, Bitcoin Super Conference just in uh, about nine, ten days here in Dallas. So maybe can you give a hint about what you're going to talk about for listeners? Um, you know, for me, I'm I'm really passionate about the ways that blockchain decentralizes existing centralized systems. And so Factor really offers a straightforward way for large companies and enterprises to secure huge numbers of records to the blockchain. And that's really powerful when you think about all the audits and record keeping and documentation in the world, whether it's mortgages or land titles uh, or real estate or insurance claims. You know, there's just so many documents in our lives. And so anyway, I'm going to be talking about that. I, I really like diving into the real world use cases, talking about how people are using this today. Yeah, in fact, um, it looks like you guys are focusing on the mortgage industry for your, for your application. Is that right? Sure. Uh, Factum Harmony, the software that we've built on top of the open source, is really focused in on uh, the mortgage industry and uh, related industries where there's a lot of valuable assets and each asset has a lot of documents that need to be kept in order. Uh, you know, during the financial crisis, um, the banks really got in trouble for uh, losing track of a lot of uh, documentation. And so, uh, they really staffed up their back offices and their auditors and all those sort of processes. Uh, but that's really expensive. And so it's had the side effect of uh, pricing a lot of people out of the housing market just because uh, as the expenses go up for banks, they, they give out less loans. So uh, we're in this strange situation in the U.S. where we're at a 50-year low for home ownership, uh, which is too bad really? given that's uh, how the majority of people build their, their net wealth in the U.S. Is, is owning a home. So, you know, if you if you thought, you know, hey, maybe it was too far on the other side before the crisis where, you know, they're giving a loan to anybody, and now it's kind of on the pendulum is swung, swung to the other direction, and it's very difficult to get a loan. So, you know, if we can get some of these costs under control and, you know, use blockchain and software to do these audits instead of 
expensive auditors, we think that's a, a good way of going about it to sort of uh, get things back to that medium uh, where people that should qualify do qualify. Hmm. Um, so what, how much of the cost in buying a home do you think the documentation contributes to it? You know, I don't know if it's a dollar amount or a percentage amount. What's your estimate from what you see? Uh, well, if you look at the numbers from uh, the Fed and the mortgage industry, um, before the crisis, they were spending about $2,000 on origination costs. And after the financial crisis today, they spent around $7,000 mortgage in origination costs. And that's not even counting the back-end costs when it comes to custodianship and everything else. And so, you know, that's a really significant number and uh, moves the needle on profitability of, of mortgages. So anyway, with, with, with anything, if we can drive these costs down by inserting more transparency and honesty in these systems, then it doesn't take the auditors nearly as long to go through these records and, and verify and validate them. So that, that's what we're going for. It's really just, you know, um, I think it was uh, Mark Andreessen who coined the term, you know, software is eating the world. Um, and this is sort of an example of that. You know, financial software really escaped a lot of the disruption of the Internet age until now, because without the blockchain, there wasn't a way to, uh, send value across the internet um, or immutably secure data uh, on the internet. And so the blockchain is finally giving us the tools to bring all of the internet disruption to the financial sector. So I think that's what we're really starting to see. So just on a real base level, Factum's solution is to not store documents on a blockchain, but to validate them. Can you explain what that means? Sure. Um, so, you know, a company already has a way that it's storing documents. And when they go to sell an asset to somebody else, they have to validate that those documents are correct. So let's say it's a big uh, bank like Bank of America, for example, and they want to sell 10,000 mortgages uh, to somebody on the secondary market. Uh, one of the big companies is called PIMCO. And in order to do that, you know, PIMCO doesn't want to buy these assets unless they know they're correctly recorded and the mortgages are issued uh, according to all the regulations, so on and so forth. And so what they do in the industry today is they hire an auditor and they spend time looking at the files, file by file, making sure that the records are complete, that, you know, uh, the documents are all there, they're uh, you know, done in a way that follows the regulations. And at the end of the day, it, and this process can take like 45 days. So, you know, talk about, you know, the stock, you know, you're used to, you know, T plus three, three days for, for final settlement. Here in the mortgage industry, it's T plus 45. And wow. so that's, uh, you know, how long it takes for, they make a trade and then they hire the auditor and the auditor does their work and they provide their final report and then finally, at the end of that process, uh, the assets settle. And so that's a pretty big pain point. Um, and there are other industries that have this type of pain point. You look at what it's like in uh, the supply chain world. You know, uh, often a supplier will uh, provide material to a manufacturer and not get paid for 120 days or 160 days. Um, and what they get is they get, you know, this, they've, they've submitted an invoice, um, you know, and they've, so they've got this receipt you know, yeah, we received the material. Um, so there's this outstanding invoice and they try to get a loan against that. But that loan can take weeks or months to get. Um, so there's just all these examples in the financial industry. We need 
it's, it's not about a, a decentralized way just to store the document. It's how do I prove the document to a third party, to a bank or a lender or an auditor? How do I prove that that's, that's the right document? And it's the only copy of that document. Mm. That's really tough. And uh, the blockchain is the first time we've been able to sort of automate that process. Yeah. So once stuff, let's say for a mortgage, once all the documents are recorded and then you know, they'll use, uh, let's say, Factum system to memorialize them on the blockchain. Um, they can right. call them up at will, and that's great. What about when you initially put documents and anchor them into a blockchain? How do you make sure that uh, they were done right in the first place? Well, that's the old garbage in, garbage out problem. And blockchain doesn't change that. If you put bad records in, all you're going to validate it against is, is bad records. But, you know, Paul Snow, Paul Snow the inventor of Factum and uh, the CEO of the company, has this great quote uh, where it says, uh, honesty is subversive. And the point of that quote is that by inserting honesty into these systems, all of a sudden people know that whatever they put in here is going to be memorialized, right? And they start being extra sure and extra cautious and avoiding any type of fraud that would get them in trouble in the future um, because you know they know that this system is recording and can't be changed later, you know, uh, at the whim of a, a keystroke when somebody logs into a database. So I think that really alters behavior. There's some uh, good data in the market to support that. You look at uh, Estonia, and they've done a really amazing job of building reputation for great governance the last 10, 15 years. And part of that is there's a group in Estonia called Guard Time that does uh, this time stamping. And uh, sort of this is like pre-blockchain technology, but, you know, it had the effect of by timestamping all those government documents, you know, all the people involved all of a sudden had to put their best foot forward and, uh, you know, try to, one, not make any mistakes, and two, you don't want to be a bad actor when you're being tied to the results. And so it had this transformative effect there in Estonia. So, you know, we're trying to take modern blockchain technology and, and do that now globally on a much broader basis. So I, I think that's how you can at least improve the garbage in, garbage out problem is you make people aware that this is a new standard. Yeah, how are uh, mortgage companies reacting to blockchain technology? Do they, are they fearing it and trying to run away? Or are they saying, oh, well, everyone's doing it, so we better do it too? You know, what do you see? We've gotten a really positive reception. I mean, you think about a mortgage company, what they care about are where are their costs and where are their revenues. And you go in and say, look, you've got this huge cost uh, around auditing, documentation, record keeping, and we can help address that for you. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of pushback, you know. Uh, it it okay. doesn't really matter to them that it's, uh, you know, blockchain behind the scenes that's making this possible. What they care about is the dollars and cents. And if you can save them, you know, 100 bucks a mortgage and auditing costs, hey, you know, that's, that's $100 added to their bottom line. And so... You know, I think a lot of a lot of businesses are honestly technology agnostic, and I don't think they fear this at all. I mean, you see all the major uh, banks and mortgage originators uh, either experimenting with proof of concepts or, you know, getting involved, you know, in the blockchain industry. So I think that's a trend that's going to continue. What about, um, you know, in the U.S., it seems like property rights are well established, you know, no problem. I don't know about it you know, some countries that may have dictators in power or corrupt governments where they just take your land. 
take your house and say, sorry, that's not yours anymore. You know, it sounds like a blockchain solution is super important for those kind of countries. Um, what are you seeing worldwide is the appetite for this kind of stuff? Well, you know, I think there's a lot of appetite for, you know, this in governance systems. You know, certainly governance systems, you know, take a while to have an impact on. And so, you know, that's uh, that's really, I think, the bottleneck is, you know, showing this out in the market. I think the private actors are going to be faster moving, which is usually the case in the adoption of, of new technology. But, you know, excited to see what uh, DeSoto is doing and, and uh, the land side of things. Uh, I believe they, you know, have made a lot of progress there and, and trying to empower people with recording their own records. That's an interesting approach. So, you know, I, I think it's certainly going to get into those industries, but it's probably not going to be the first movers. Hmm. Do you, does Factum have any projects in other countries? With uh, real, that are real estate related, or is it just the U.S.? Um, well, we have been public about our partnership with uh, SmartTrack, which is a great group out of uh, Germany. They've got a product that uh, we, well, I think, put up on our blog before, uh, DLock, and they serve uh, clients, some of which are governments around the world, with important records uh, such as passports and birth certificates. And so, you know, really excited about what DLock does to connect physical documents to the blockchain identity that's created for them. So that's a cool combination of uh, physical documentation and uh, blockchain identity. So that's uh, that's something I think we'll see more of, you know, and I'll leave it to them to make uh, more specific announcements, but excited to have partners like that. And you were mentioning, um, you know, just to backtrack, the, uh, the cost to originate a mortgage, I guess we're in the ballpark maybe of $2,000. Um, what how much will blockchain technology and Factum solutions save um, a given mortgage company on a particular mortgage? Is there a ballpark range of what the potential is? Yeah, I mean, they've gone from spending 2,000 mortgages today, they spend more than $7,000 in mortgage. So I think there's a lot of room for improvement. You know, some of it has to come over time as they get comfortable with these systems. And they're not just providing better redundancy, but they're also providing you know, real uh, replacement for some of the legacy systems. You know, sort of the way you bootstrap any system is you uh, begin by just building on top of what's already there. And so that's sort of the stage the industry is at, is we're building systems that help with auditing and uh, proof afterwards that stand next to the existing systems. Um, and I think it'll be a while before, you know, these folks get comfortable with replacing old systems, which I think is much longer term heavy lift. You know, you think about uh, an example from the internet days, you know, a lot of companies added a website, you know, let's say they were selling whatever they were selling already and they added, you know, something on the website. It didn't mean they shut down their stores, right? right. It was a long time before we saw pure e-commerce really flourish to a level where people started removing their legacy way of distributing products. So I think it's a, a long-term trend, but it's really positive because it gives us a, a path forward. Is Factum also a, a fail-safe for a mortgage company if they lose some of their documents? You know, like it seemed like that happened a lot in the housing crisis of 08, 09. Mm -hmm. Well, it it uh, really offers a way for them to you know validate the documents that they have. You know, it doesn't provide additional raw storage, but they can catch when they have issues much faster uh, because all of this is in software. They can uh, know immediately if they are missing a document, which in itself shouldn't happen and is a red flag. And then additionally, if let's say they've uh, had some sort of catastrophic failure in their data storage, 
and you want to validate that the backup you pull up isn't missing any records, that's where Factum is really useful and really shines because you've got all those digital fingerprints from the documents that you published on Factum. Now you can compare that to your backup file and say, okay, yes, I know I got everything back. I'm not missing anything from the data I pulled out of the backup. So that's something you can't really do today um, that is now possible on Factum. Okay, gotcha. A any other problems that uh, the solution solves for the mortgage industry? Well, I'd say, uh, you know, really that's that's the core of it is all the data validation, you know. And you can think about how many places that plays a role. Documentation, we talk about auditing. You know, we're finding more and more use cases. And so it's really been a question more of how to focus our energies. And it's ended up being on the areas where the assets are most valuable and they can have the biggest positive impact on people's lives. So those are the areas where we try to focus on just because there's so much you could do with this. And, and you know, again, the underlying technology is open source. And so we really encourage people to look at the Factum APIs, look at the Factum open source, and consider building on top of it. There are lots of companies all around the world using the Factum open source protocol today to secure data. Uh, the network secured over 150 million records, and a lot of those are from companies other than Factum. Uh, and we think that's great. We want a thousand companies to flourish uh, using the open source, and that's the dream. We can only build a few of the valuable use cases. We want to see people creatively come up with a lot more. Are there other industries that Factum's working in? You know, whether you you mean to or not, it sounds like you're focusing on the, the real estate industry. But are there other ones that just you know they just are in desperate need of Factum's help? Uh, yeah, I mean certainly uh, we've been talking and working with some mortgage. Uh, in addition to the mortgage partners, some insurance partners. Uh, there's a lot of crossover in that industry when it comes to record keeping. You know, um, there's also a lot to do in. Uh, Securities. Securities are very complex and have a lot of records around them. I'm very excited to see projects like Polymath and T0, you know, bringing the blockchain to securities. And uh, we want to play a helpful role there where uh, we can back up with documentation sort of all the uh, settlement going on in blockchain securities. I think that's going to be a big wave in 2018, 2019. That's something I'm personally very excited to see. And then um, <clears throat> I guess back to the, uh, you know, everyone always wants to know what's going on with the markets in general. You know, we're here in February, 2018. We had a crazy rise. The the market appears to be way down to, uh, literally as of just now. What What's your feeling of what's going to happen for 2018 with the, with the markets in terms of not just <laughs> prices, but projects and, you know, shifts in the industry where it's going? Hmm. Well, I mean, Personally, I try not to, to speculate on, on future or current prices. I think it's impossible to say in the short term. I, I really try to focus people's energies on um, building real utility and real usage of the networks because I think that's the long-term key to value versus looking at what's the price this week. You know, um, been in the industry since 2012, so been through a lot of ups and downs and you know, those aren't really the metrics I look at. The metrics I look at are number of users, number of wallets, number of records being secured, you know, number of companies using this technology. That, that's what's going to move the needle. You know, um, I wouldn't have judged the success of the internet based on uh, the dot-com bubble, right? How got it, how big it got or how far it fell. You know, what was more interesting was we went from 
10 million people using the internet to 100 million people using the internet to today I think it's more than 3 billion people using the internet. And that's really what has driven the value of that network is is real users. So, you know, just try to remind folks of that. That's good. That makes a lot of sense. What, what do you see as some of the big uh, events that may happen in 2018? You know, uh, do you think adoption will dramatically increase? Are there particular initiatives that you're really excited about? I mean, you mentioned securitization of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, of equities and stocks with Polymath. What else? Um, well, it seems like there's a real trend forming around all these chat apps, right? So we've had announcements, uh, from Line related to, I believe they're launching a cryptocurrency exchange for their users, and they have 200 million daily or monthly active users online. It's a very popular app in Japan, but we're seeing, you know, Telegram is doing their uh, token sale, and, uh, you know, the folks uh, over at the other chat apps, I'm sure, are looking at the technology. But those are, those are groups that have tens or hundreds of millions of users. And so unlocking those user bases as new wallet holders that can transfer value um, and participate in these cryptographic networks is really interesting if you think about, okay, it's really about user adoption. Well, those are big pools of users. You know, if you look at the existing wallet, they're probably 40 or 50 million, you know, uh, users in the crypto space. If you add up blockchain.info and Coinbase and and many others, um, but this would bring it to a whole new level where you talking more in the hundreds of millions of users. And so that'll take a while for those projects to roll out. I think some of them have roadmaps that go into 2019, so it won't be tomorrow, but it certainly is bringing a new group of people into the industry, and that's that's very exciting to me. Yeah, definitely, and that pushes along that adoption curve. Sure. Yep, okay. Absolutely. Well, very good. Uh, I guess, you know, last question uh, for interested parties that want to learn more about Factum and maybe speak to you or some of the other people involved, what's the best way to get in touch? Just uh, factum.com. It's got all of the information, both about the for-profit, but also if you click on the top right uh, related to developers, it has all the open source links and information. So just encourage people to check out the website. Uh, There's contact information on there for people that are in, say, the mortgage or insurance, other banking industries that want to reach out to us. Uh, otherwise, we're not hard to find. It's, you know, davidfactum.com. So feel free to shoot me an email. Happy to uh, respond and, and talk with anybody about what they're working on. That's great, David. I appreciate you coming on online again. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon, Rich. Thanks. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, To interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.